Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> well, I want to welcome you, uh, especially to anyone who's a first-time visitor. We just want to welcome you. Hope you feel. Uh, just at ease here this morning. Uh, today, like Michael said, we're continuing our Invisible War series. And just as a recap, a quick recap, um, what is the Invisible War? Let's just clarify. What we mean by that is simply the spiritual battle that's taking place around us that we can't necessarily see with our eyes. It's that cosmic battle in the spiritual realm. And, and we've covered a lot of really great topics so far. If you haven't heard them, um, you can go back and check them out online. Uh, but Andrew talked about, I think the second week, he talked about knowing the enemy and that we have an enemy, Satan, and that he's fighting to oppose God and, and everything God loves, including us. And then Michael talked about a couple weeks ago, strongholds, which are really anything we do to give the enemy any kind of influence in our lives. And then JT, last week, we kind of shifted gears, and from just understanding the battle, we've started to look at our role, our role in the battle. And so he talked about the armor of God and how we really can't be neutral or inactive when it comes to uh, this war, and that we need to put the full armor of God on because God wants to use us in advancing his kingdom. And, and when, I, when I refer to kingdom, which I might say a lot today, I just want to clarify, that means just simply God's dynamic rule and reign in this world and where God's purposes are fully realized and he, that, that things are set straight. So that's, that's what we mean by the kingdom of God. And so today, we're going we're gonna to talk about that last piece of armor, which really wasn't a piece of armor, but it was prayer, and JT talked about it last week. But we're not just going to talk about prayer today. We're actually going to talk mainly about how to do it, how to do it, because the goal for today is to be really practical. And so by looking just at Jesus, at looking at Jesus in his word, we're going to see how to effectively pray for people, for others, no matter where we are and no matter what we're doing. So let's just invite more of the Holy Spirit with us today. Holy Father, uh, Son, and, and Holy Spirit, we just ask your presence to come. Mm. Just come, Lord. We thank you. We thank you that you love to break in with your kingdom and to set us free. So we invite you to come now. Would you just soften our hearts? Would you open us up to hear your voice, God, today? Would you soften us to just even receive from you today again? Lord, would you gift us with more faith, more faith today in the name of Jesus, and just fill me up with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wanted to start out this morning by just sharing a story. Uh, it's actually one I've shared before, but I haven't really given you the back story to it. When I first came to the vineyard, uh, I was really interested in learning more about the Holy Spirit. Um, he, was the, he was called the Holy Ghost when I was growing up, <laughs> and we never really talked about him. But during college, God had really sparked this interest and, and excitement about learning more about the Holy Spirit. And so when I came back from college, I started to attend uh, you know, Joshua House at Vineyard Columbus, and, and, I, and I was learning more and more about the Holy Spirit. And you know, as a good little Christian girl, I knew, at least I thought I knew, how to pray for people. You know, like I would hear that, you know, somebody's mother was sick and I would pray and intercede for them. And, and, and yet when I came to the vineyard, they did this really weird thing at the end of their services where they actually prayed for one another, like right there. And then I'd watch them, right? I would watch them just intrigued, like, what are they doing up there? Like, they're just, well, I don't know, they're like, you know, have their hand on each other's shoulders and they're praying and you see people crying and a few people shaking and you're like, I wonder what's going on. And after a few months, I, I got brave and I went up and I actually got prayer and it was really sweet, really, you know, felt, felt God's presence. But I never once went up and actually prayed for people because I thought, well, that's, you know, that's for the special people, you know, that's for the super holy people. And, and I didn't know what to do. I was like, I don't know how to do this. Well, mistakenly, I actually went to a class. Like I said, I was interested in learning more about the Holy Spirit. And it was a Holy Spirit kind of interest, you know, night. And I, and I came out and, and they tricked me because at the end, they made us pray for people. <laughs> And so they, had, they just had a time where they waited on the Lord, and, and they did what, the, what we call is the five-step prayer model. And 
And they had people stand that felt like those were for them. Those words and pictures were for them. And then we just gathered around each person and we waited on the Lord and, and we prayed for them. And boy, okay, I was really out of my comfort zone at this point because I'm thinking, okay, everybody else here is a super great prayer and I'm the one who doesn't know what I'm doing, right? And so I'm standing there and I'm like, okay, God, do you have anything? And, and, and I get this picture and, and honestly, I just discredited it right away because I saw this little, little girl in a field, you know, with, with God the Father there. And then I was like, oh, that's, that's, you know, probably, that's just made that up. You know, I just probably made that up in my head. And, and I really just, just pushed it aside and was like, God, oh, do you have anything for this lady? And I kept praying. And, and uh, the Lord just really started to bring his presence because I felt my heart just started to start to quicken and my heart just started racing and, and my stomach started going in my throat. And I'm like, why am I feeling like this? This is really weird. I'm, there's nothing I have to be anxious about. There's nothing I have to be fearful about. Like, why do I feel like, and I'm like, I think the Lord wants me to share this. And of course, you know, I batted that away because I'm like, well, that's just that. No, I'm not doing that. And I, and I wish I could say that I had the courage to actually pray that while we were praying for this lady, but I didn't. I chickened out. And yet, when we were done praying, you know, she thanked everybody. She said, oh, thank you all for praying for me. And she went to go over to get her purse. And my heart is still racing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I, I just kept thinking, you know, if I don't say this, like, I'm going to regret. I'm going to regret not, not taking this step of obedience and just, just a risk, right? And, and, and just sharing it. So I, I went up to her kind of tentatively and, and I said, hey, you mind if I share just one last picture? And, and I know I've shared this story before, but boy, it was, it was really my first experience ever really doing this. And, and so I, I shared the picture of like a toddler, like two-year-old little girl in a field and, and she's walking toward God the Father and, and, he, and he's just calling her name. And I said, that's all I hear. It's just, you know, the Father's just calling your name over and over and over again. And as I'm saying that, she just starts to bawl. She just starts to cry. And I'm like, okay, you know, uh, Lord, you know, and, and I said, you know, is, does that mean anything? You know, I, I didn't know what to do next. And, and, and she said, almost in a whisper, it was just so, so sweet, almost in a whisper, she said, you know, when I was two, I was adopted and nobody knows that. And I have always wondered over my whole life what my real name was, what my name was. And she said, as you're saying this, I just hear the father say, I see you and I know your name and I'm calling you to myself. And, and she's just bawling like God has just met her. And I, and I think I squeaked out a little, you know, God bless you and prayer, you know, I don't know. And, and, and I just remember thinking, why me? You know, like of all those people, like you used me. And I know my eyes were a little on myself, but I was pretty astonished that God used me, you know? Like, I couldn't believe that that, what I discredited, that picture, and even discrediting myself, that, that God would use me. And, you know, I think there's even people here today, probably, that, that you think the same thing. You're like, well, I'm not going to pray for somebody, you know? That's for the super spiritual people to do, you know? But, you know what? God wants to use you. He really wants to use you. And, and I'll just be honest, like ever since that moment, I feel like God has just grabbed my heart for praying for other people. And, and he's constantly said, Heather, are you willing? Are you willing to take a risk, to try, maybe fail, but that's okay. Like keep praying. And, and so since then, you know, I, I, like I said, I was pretty astonished that God wanted to use me in that way and, and say that thing to her. I was, I was just really blown away. But Today, what we're going to talk about is really how do we do that practically? How do we step out and risk and pray for people? And, you know, the Vineyard has come up with this, this great, just simple model. And, and John Wimber, one of the founders of the Vineyard, came up with it. And it's a five-step model. And it's no, like, preset formula. It's not some foolproof methodology that, you know, it's, you say these words and you'll get this result. Like, this is just a track to run on. This is just to get you started. This is something to give you a framework so that one day you can take the training wheels off and you can just keep on trekking ahead. And, and so 
you know, I just want to say again, this is not just for some holy people. This is for all of us to learn, all of us to do. And, and I know for some of you, you've heard this before. I mean, you've been around the vineyard, you've heard the five-step prayer model, and I'm sure you could get a couple of them right, you know, and, and, and remember kind of the flow of it. But, but honestly, I love this. You know, sometimes we, we just get a little rusty, you know, and we leak vision, Right. And it's good to be reminded. It's good to be refreshed on, on this. And so I just encourage you, no matter if you've ever heard this before or, or you've heard this many times, to just be open um, as, we, as we walk through these steps. Again, it's just a simple way of giving some traction for how do we pray for other people. So the first point today that I want to just cover before we jump right into the, this, the five-step prayer model is just simply, why do we do this? Why do we pray for other people? And the simple answer is, if you were in Sunday school and you raised your hand, you're like, Jesus! Yep, you're right. It's Jesus. You got it right. (laughs) We pray for other people because Jesus did it. He did it. When he was on the earth, this is what he did, and he taught us to do it too. So Jesus is our ultimate prayer model. He's it. He's our ultimate prayer model. And, And he's what this model is modeled after. Because this is what we see him doing all in the Gospels. And, and if you haven't read the Gospels lately, you know, it's been a while since you've been in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I just really encourage you, and you get back in the Gospels. It is so great to get our eyes on what Jesus did, how he prayed, how he talked to other people. Uh, it's just so good for us. You know what I love when you look at the Gospels is that Jesus didn't just go around preaching and speaking the words of the kingdom. He went around doing the works of the kingdom, right? The works of the kingdom. He had a message, a gospel message that he proclaimed, the good news, the good news, but he also had a ministry to back it up, a ministry to back it up. And he was constantly healing the sick and the physically sick, the emotionally sick, the spiritually sick, you know, casting out demons. I mean, there's over 40 recorded occurrences of Jesus healing individuals and multitudes in the Gospels. I mean, this is what Jesus came to do. He actually says this in Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. John three sixteen, you know, a famous verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You know, Jesus entered this world precisely because the world was not functioning the way that God wanted this world to function. And he came to destroy the enemy's work once and for all. And he came to reclaim what was rightfully his and to save, heal, and free us. To save, heal, and free his people. And not just for one day when we make it to heaven, (laughs) but for now. He wants to do it now. And he's bringing his kingdom, the already, the not yet of the kingdom. It's not in fullness yet, but it comes, it intersects into our lives, the kingdom of God today. So what else do we see in the Gospels? We see what Jesus did, but we also see that Jesus is constantly giving it away. He is constantly training his disciples how to do the stuff, you know? And so what we see in Luke 9, 1 through 2, when Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and cure diseases, and he, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And then even before his death, at the end of Matthew 28, the Great Commission, he's like, guys, even when I'm gone, go, keep doing the stuff, keep doing the stuff. And you know, that's, that's for us as well. That's not just for the disciples then, that is for us as well. In John 14, 12, he says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. This is for all of us. This is for all of us. I really believe that we as Christians, we are called and empowered to do the works of the kingdom like Jesus did and even greater than he did. That's so cool. You know, praying for others is for anyone who calls themselves a disciple and a follower of Jesus. 
And and one of the famous sayings of the Vineyard Movement, and John Wimber would say this over and over again, everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to play. This is for all of us. You know, when we were, you know, growing up in sports and and the only guys that got to actually play were the good ones. You know, I was the one in right field. You know, I remember. (laughs) The one benched, you know, because you're not good enough. Well, that is not how the kingdom of God works. Nobody gets benched in the kingdom of God. We all get to play from the oldest to the youngest. No matter what your gender, no matter what your race, no matter what your status, everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to pray. (laughs) There's a really low barrier entry when it comes to praying for people. Do you have a pulse? Yep, you get to pray. (laughs) Because we know that the power is not about us. It's not from us. It is from Jesus. It's from his spirit. It's the power of God that does everything. He does everything. John Wimber also said, ministry is meeting the needs of people with the resources of God. The resources of God. If we say, you know what, here I am, Lord, use me. Oh, he can do so much with that with a willing heart that says, okay, God, put me in coach, put me in coach. Boy, he can amaze you. The things that he can do, like I said earlier, can amaze you. He can use any one of us. So let's jump right in. How, so then how do we pray for other people? I'm gonna walk you through step-by-step through the prayer model. Each step, like I said earlier, is based on Jesus' method for praying for people. And it's to just give us some traction, give us something to run on. But again, I want to say this. It is not the source of healing. Just because you get the prayer model right and you get all steps in order doesn't mean it guarantees an answer to prayer. Because the power is not in the words or in the model. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. And it's through his Holy Spirit that we see people healed because he loves to bring his kingdom. So these are just steps to get you started, a framework. But if I was to highlight just two things, if you heard anything today and you remembered anything from today, these are the two things I think that's worth remembering. And it's this, the key to this prayer model is just simply dependence on the Spirit of God dependence on the Spirit of God. That's the key, is that we listen to Him, that we follow Him. And the goal, here's the goal. The goal is to leave the person feeling more loved by God than before they were prayed for. You know, anyone can do that. Anyone can hear from God, and anyone can respect someone and honor them by simply praying for them. So that's the goal, to leave people feeling more loved than they did before they came up. You know, one of the best gifts of the Vineyard Movement has simply been this question, can I pray for you right now? Can I pray for you right now? You know, this question, if asked over and over again, will actually give you an opportunity to pray more often. (laughs) It'll even give you, you know, more confidence and and a little more effective effectiveness because you're going to have to listen to the Holy Spirit. The prayer model doesn't work if we don't ask. It doesn't work. You will probably never see anyone healed if you don't ask them, can I pray for you right now? That really is the beginning place, and it's, it's just starting to ask more. So the first step Let's just jump right in. The first step is the interview, and and it's not a formal interview. We're not looking for resumes here. (laughs) We're just simply asking, where does it hurt? Pretty simple, right? But it's a great place to start. Like, what do you want Jesus to do for you today? That's a great question. What do you want Jesus to do for you today? And, And you know, the first thing I usually do is I'll just introduce myself if I don't know that person. I'll say, hi, I'm Heather, what's your name? And then sometimes I have to repeat their name in my head a couple times so I don't forget it while I'm praying for them. But it's a great thing. Just introduce yourself and then ask them, what can I pray for you today? What, what would you want Jesus to do for you today? And, and there's a real key to this interview part, the step. It's this, keep it brief. The interview is not a time to start chatting about all sorts of things or, or to get into a counseling session all you're, all you're doing in this, in this step is just trying to figure out what is it that we're praying for. And, you know, Jesus did this. 
Jesus did this, you know, and, and um, he would actually say this. He'd say, you know, hey, what do you want me to do for you? You know, he would say that in scripture all the time. And, and sometimes I'd be like, you know, Jesus, it's a little obvious that this guy's blind. You don't have to ask him. You don't have to make him say it, you know. But, but Jesus would do that all the time. He'd say, what do you want? What do you want? And there's something about actually saying it out loud where the two of you recognize, okay, this is what we're praying for today. And, and so keep it brief and then move right on into the di- diagnosis phase. And again, we're not doctors here. We're not trying to diagnose, (laughs) but we are just trying to find through God's wisdom and discernment, what is the root cause? That's the question we're answering here in this step. What is the root cause? What is, why is this person in this condition? And it gives us some kind of context, right? Gives a little context for how to pray for that person. You know, we we ask God for just some insight regarding the cause of the condition so that we know how to best pray for that person. And in this, I have a little graph here. In this, we, have, we are listening on two planes. We're listening on a natural plane to the person. You know, we don't just start, you know, honing into like what we think God's saying and totally miss out on the, the words that are coming out of their mouth because we need to listen. We need to care for that person well by listening to what they're saying and, and gathering information through your senses, whether it's, you know, perception or intuition or critical thinking, you know, God uses that. So use that. Don't just leave your brain back in your seat, you know, where you left it. Bring it with you, you know? And God wants to use that on a natural plane to help give you some context for how to pray. But he also wants you to listen on a spiritual plane because God is constantly downloading things. And I think we doubt, we wonder, well, will I hear from God? Will I hear from God? But he, he loves to speak to us. He loves to, and, I, and he's constantly speaking. You know, Jesus, again, we see Jesus model this. He, he's always listening to the Father in the Gospels. He even says in John 5, 19, very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. And he can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. So if he, Jesus, can't do anything by himself, then (laughs) it doesn't make sense why we would think we could do that either, right? We have to do it with him. So one of the best ways to do this this in this step is just simply dial down. Just calm yourself down. You know, a lot of us are taught when, we're, when we go, we pray for somebody as we jump right in, we just start talking, we just start praying. But a lot of times, the best thing to do is to wait. Just wait. Give, give God some time to speak. And then sometimes when we jump right into praying, we miss out on what God might be saying. And so just even telling the person so they think you don't just, you just haven't left, you know, uh, just tell them, hey, do you mind if I wait quietly? You know, let's just wait on the Lord and see if he has anything to say. And just let them know that. And then just wait in, in quiet for just, for just a little moment. And, you know, the, the, the cause, which is what we're looking for, might be kind of obvious. You know, if their back has been hurting and it's because they picked up something heavy that week, then, you know, it's, the cause is, cause is pretty obvious. But but if it's anxiety that they're struggling with or, or they've been having headaches, you know, a good question might be, well, then maybe how long have you been struggling with this? Like, give me a little context. Let me understand maybe why this has been happening. Um, again, you don't want to pry. You don't want to, you know, long, extensive medical history. You're just, you're just trying to get a little bit more context for how to pray. And, and what we see in scripture is there's lots of different causes for why things happen. And and we see that it could be supernatural, right? It could be just simply the causes of sin in your life or, or maybe emotional hurts like unforgiveness. The cause might be maybe demonic influence. The cause might be you know, a relationship of strain of some kind. It can be a lot of causes, but don't jump to conclusions. Wait, ask the Lord. Say, God, what are you, what are you saying? How would be the best way um, to pray for this person. And, and really, that's the next question. That's the next step, prayer, or prayer selection, which is step number three, is you're trying to figure out, how should I pray? How should I pray for this person? What, what kind of prayer would most help this person? And, and what do you want me to say right now, Lord? And I, I remember doing this recently, actually, where I came over and, and I said, hey, you know, I'm Heather and how can I pray for you? And, and I put my hand on her shoulder and I waited and the Lord's like, don't say anything. I'm like, really? 
don't say anything? Okay. And I, so I told her so that she didn't feel weird. I just said, hey, you know, I feel like the Lord's just saying to, to just silently pray with you and just partner with what the Lord's doing. So I'm just going to invite the Spirit, and I'm just going to wait with you. Is that cool? And she's like, yeah. Well, I invite the Spirit, and whom the Lord is just like on her. You can just tell she's like shaking, and, and just I think he was really ministering to her, and really what I think the Lord was saying is, Heather, get out of the way. I got some stuff to do, you know, and, and that's okay. But it's not, a, you know, it's not like that every time. God's not formulaic. You know, he's creative because we are all individuals, right? And our, and our issues are all, you know, very different. And, and so God is so creative in how he wants us to pray for people. So this is a great time to simply say out loud, come Holy Spirit, let your kingdom come, right? That's how Jesus taught us to pray, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. And, uh, you know, it's, I just want to look at just a couple examples, just briefly in this section, to give us an idea of what kinds of prayers we're talking about by looking at Jesus again. And, and these are three examples of how Jesus prayed in the Gospels, and I want to just briefly look at them. One is rebuke, another one is a command, and another one is a laying on of hands. And so real quickly, let's look at Luke 4, 38. Jesus has just been filled with the Holy Spirit, been baptized, and, and he's beginning his ministry. And uh, Simon's mother-in-law has this severe high fever. And, you know, back in those days, people would die from fevers like this. And so Jesus bends over her, he rebukes the fever, and it leaves her. And she gets up and she starts waiting on people. It's really cool. So I, I want to just give you a definition of what a rebuke means. It's an expression of strong disapproval, a strong reprimand. Now, many theologians believe that Simon's mother-in-law was actually suffering from a high fever because there was a spirit there. There was a spirit of infirmity that was causing this fever. And so Jesus does is he rebukes it, probably saying something like, be gone, you know, <laughs> be gone. And it was gone. And it left her. And she gets up out of bed and she's completely healed and she starts waiting on people. And, and I don't know about you, but many, you know, the way that prayer was modeled for me was, was much different than this. This is why it's good to get in the Gospels. Uh, you know, when I, if I was to be in this situation, this is what my prayer life used to be like when I prayed for people. Oh, please, you know, my eyes were always closed. Oh, please, God, would you please, if you have time, would you please come and bless this woman? Would you, would you heal her? Please, Jesus, come heal her. You know, she's got kids. She's got people downstairs that need refreshments. You know, like, you know just please come, God, please. And, and that is not what we see in scripture, is it? That's not what we see Jesus doing. What we do see Jesus doing is filling his people with authority and power. In Luke 10, 19, it says, look, I have given you authority over all power of the enemy. Guys, I've given you what you need. And we ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and fill us. We can know that we have authority because it's his authority. It's his authority. So we can stop begging we can stop begging when we pray and that somehow if I can convince God to come. You know, I, I love this verse. This is just a great verse. Luke 12, 32. Jesus says, fear not. Fear not, little flock. I love this. For it is my Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is my Father's good pleasure. We need to be reminded of that, don't we? that it is actually in God's nature to want to give us the kingdom of God, that he actually wants it more than we do. He wants that woman's healing more than we do. That's his nature. That's his character. He loves to bless us with his kingdom. And you know, honestly, my, my issue most of the time is just unbelief. And I've had to repent of that before and say, you know, when I start praying and I'm like, oh, please, God, will you maybe please? I stop and I go, oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 that's not how I pray. Uh, God, just forgive me of my unbelief. Help me to speak with authority, knowing you've given me your spirit. That I don't have to go back to the precinct and act, ask for my boss to come and, and arrest this guy. That I have the power to arrest him because I've been deputized, right? I can do it right here, right now. And so sometimes we have to remember that. 
and know that God is pleased to give us the kingdom. And, and let's look at it in another way that, that Jesus prays. He commands and he speaks to a pain or a condition. In Luke 5, 12 through 13, there's a man with leprosy and, and he says, Lord, if you're willing, can you make me clean? Look at him begging. Can you make me clean? And look what Jesus says. He says, oh, I'm willing. <laughs> you have no idea how willing I am. I am willing. And he says, be clean. And the leprosy is completely gone. Notice how few words Jesus says. Two. He says two words. He's speaking with authority to body parts all the time in the Gospels. You just look at it. He's speaking with authority. He goes, eyes open. You know, and, and the person can see. Or ears open. You know, and, and the person can hear. You know, it's amazing how few words Jesus uses, but he says it with such authority. And he's speaking to the actual body part to, be, to see or to be opened. The other way is that is that we see, and again, we, we touched on this in Matthew 20, 34, but there were two blind men that were saying, you know, please, you know, Jesus, have mercy on me. And, and Jesus looks at them and, and he has compassion on them. And he touches their eyes and they immediately receive their sight. Notice he doesn't say anything at all. He doesn't use any words he just touches their eyes. He's filled with compassion. I mean, I love seeing this, laying on of hands. It's something we do in the, in the vineyard, and usually guys with guys and girls with girls, you know, we, we ask. We say, hey, can I, can I put my hand on your shoulder? Because some people don't want you to invade their personal space, and you got to respect that, right? But, but it, sometimes it's okay to put your hand on their shoulder. Can I put my hand on your shoulder? And and, but I love seeing the compassion of God flowing through Jesus out into these men when he touches them. And, you know, and I, I have a theory about this, but I, I think compassion is a real key to effectiveness in prayer. Compassion. And, you know, that's, that's just when we start to see people like Jesus sees them. It's when we're filled with a love that we don't or couldn't have had because we don't even know this person a compassion and a love that we know that is from God, and it gives me boldness. Compassion can give me boldness to pray over people because I, there's a fierceness of love that love has, right, that, that wants to protect and wants to honor and wants to heal. And, and so as a side note, you know, when, whenever you're, you know, this, those are the three things, so rebuke, command, and laying on of hands— if you ever pray for somebody and you're not getting anything, that's okay. That is really okay if you're not getting anything. Don't fake it. Don't try to think you get, you know, just start talking and hopefully hit the mark at some point, you know. <laughs> like, don't, don't babble on. Just, it's okay if you're not getting anything. And I love this. Joe Kowalczyk, who leads our soaking prayer ministry with his wife, uh, Patty, here at the church, he, said, he told me this this week. He said, you know what? Sometimes the best thing you can do is just bless somebody. And anyone can do that. We can bless someone, which just simply means, God, would you put your hand of favor and would, you put your, would your presence just come and meet this person right now? And, and he says a lot of times God will start to reveal how to pray when you're blessing them. He'll start to actually reveal to you how to, how to better pray. And, and don't underestimate the power that you have in your mouth, in your tongue, in your words. You have the power of life and death in your, in your tongue. And and that's what the scriptures say. And, and, you know, that we get so much junk, you know, in this world thrown at us and, and words that stick that are just like, feel like curses on our lives. And when we speak blessing, I mean, just think how wonderful that is. I mean, the goal here is to, that someone would feel loved by God, right? That's the goal. And, and so we can always fight that darkness by speaking life and light over people, by blessing them. So we have the interview, that's our first step. We have the diagnosis where we look for the cause. We have the prayer part, we have the ministry time and that's step four here. And, and really that's just the assessment. It's answering the question, how's it going? How are we doing? Is God showing up? What's going on? And I used to think, and this is actually a really good reminder for me, I used to think that I'm gonna interrupt the Holy Spirit and what he's doing if I stop what I'm doing. So I just keep talking. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Learn from my mistakes. Uh, it's okay to stop. You're never going to interrupt what God's doing. Like, I just, he just, he's so good, so generous. You know, if the person's crying at that point and they have snot, you know, dripping out of their nose or their mascaras, 
Just stop. Go get them a Kleenex. Remember they're a person. Don't forget that. You have this wonderful opportunity to love someone and to honor them and to respect their space. And, and so don't forget they're human. You know, if they need to sit down, it's okay. You know, it's not going to be less powerful if they're standing or sitting. You know, I, care for the person well while you're praying for them. And, and uh, that means the key here, you can't care for somebody well if you have your eyes closed. You don't know what's going on with the person if you're closing your eyes. But that's honestly how a lot of us were taught to pray, Right? Oh, Lord Jesus, you know, with our eyes closed and our hands clenched and, and the vineyard model is very different. It's like, no, hands open, eyes open, we're speaking blessing, you know, it's very different, but you got to keep your eyes open. I have a funny story. I actually, um, I went a time where I did this because I had been finally, I kind of learned how to do this prayer model and I knew I had to keep my eyes open while well, I had a friend at work that I had established this relationship with, and she was moving away. And I was really, really bummed, but I, I walked her out to her car, you know, she had all this stuff, and I just started asking her, I'm like, well, how's the transition going? Um, how's the move going? And, and she just started to open up. And as we're standing by her car, I mean, she's telling me about the anxiety and the fear, and, and uh, I just felt the Lord say, pray for her. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, like, well, I guess I will, might never see her again, you know, so if I look like a fool, oh, well, you know, <laughs> like, but I knew she wasn't a believer. I knew that she, she was actually Hindu, so I knew she had some kind of context, and, and so I was like, well, okay, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you now? And she's like, oh, like, now, now? And I'm like, yeah, like, now. <laughs> she's like, okay, and I was like, can I put my hand on your shoulder. Would that be okay? And she's like, okay, that's cool. You know? And I put my hand on her shoulder and, and I, I have my eyes open and I said, Holy Spirit, come. And I look at her and she's looking straight back at me. And I'm like, okay, now this is going to be the most awkward prayer time I think I've ever had. And, and she just like, just gla- like eyes just fixed on mine. And I'm like, let's do this. We're not going to be weird. Okay, I can do this. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I, I just pray your peace over, over her, and, and I just command anxiety to be gone in the name of Jesus. And as I'm saying that, tears just start streaming down her face. And I kept thinking while I was praying, if I had shut my eyes, I would have missed this. I would have missed this. You love her. And you're meeting her right here in the parking lot with all of our stuff, you know, and you're meeting her right now with your presence. You are so good, God. I love that. You know, when we keep our eyes open, we can start to see what the Holy Spirit's doing. We can actually see it. You know, we can actually feel it sometimes. Sometimes people will get really warm. You know, they'll start burning. They're like, oh, I'm really hot. You know, that's good. That's probably the Holy Spirit. And maybe their hands start to shake a little bit or, or they feel tingling in their body parts. You know, they, they maybe have muscle spasms. You see them like jerk or, or you know, their shoulder jerk a little bit or, or uh, maybe their breathing changes. You know, they start taking really deep breaths. You know, that's usually the weight of the spirit on somebody. Or maybe their, their eyelids start to flutter or they have tears or their facial expression changes. Or maybe they start to like swoon and they start to like, you know, sway a little bit. That's a great time to put your hand right behind their back. <laughs> or maybe even just ask them, do you want to sit down? Um, if they feel like they might, you know, nobody needs to be falling over. You know, we can, we can protect people by having them sit. Um, but having said that, the Holy Spirit is so much more interested in what's going on in the inside than he is about the external. We're not praying for people so that they shake. We're praying for people so they meet the presence of God. That's why we pray for people. And honestly, like there's been times where I've prayed for people and I haven't felt anything. You know, I actually prayed for a girl once where I'm like, this, I just don't feel like this prayer time is going well at all. And, you know, I command, she had some pain in her back and I just commanded the pain to be gone. And I'm like, I'm not feeling anything. This was, oh, well, you know. And she goes, I'm healed. I'm, I'm healed. It's gone. And I'm like, no way. No way. So don't underestimate just because you don't feel something or you're not sensing something. When you invite the presence of God, things are changing. That's just the nature of God. When his kingdom comes, the darkness flees. And we're doing battle when we invite the Holy Spirit into people's lives. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing. And, and, and just as a side note, when, 
when you're receiving prayer, you just, just relax. Just enjoy the moment. Receive from the Lord. You, know, you can close your eyes. Sometimes I'll open my hands in a position of just receiving from God. And it's nothing spiritual, nothing, you know, nothing magical about it. It's just like, God, I, I do. I need you. Would you come? Um, but it's okay to have a little bit of discernment when we're listening to what people are praying over us because we don't have to accept everything. You know, what I love about prophecy and about words is that usually they highlight something that God's already saying in your life. And there's weight on it, right? You're like, oh, that's what God's, that's, that's like a theme this week. Like that's so from the Lord. I can't believe she said that, you know? Because it's, our, it's already something he's doing. It's already something he's just highlighting in your life. Um, so a great thing to do when you're in this assessment ministry time is just ask, how you doing? Are you sensing anything? Is the pain any better? You know, on a scale from one to 10, you used to be an eight, so is it, is it any better? Yeah, and they might say, yeah, it's a six. And, and it might seem like a little bit to you, but you know that God's moving, so keep praying. God's doing something. Um, and it's a real encouragement to you when we check in. And, and a few more things here. Be naturally supernatural. That is something that we always say in the vineyard. Um, God can be as weird as he wants, but that doesn't mean we have to. <laughs> you know, we can be super, naturally supernatural. And, and so, you know, you don't have to be weird. You don't have to say things louder because you think that it's going to work better. You know, volume is, is not a measurement of, you know, power or increase of power. Sometimes a whisper is more effective. You know, uh, being more, you know, kind and respectful of that person is, is the way to go. Um, so don't, you know, do anything weird with your hands. You know, you don't need to start, you know, messing up their hair or, you know, rubbing anything. We're just trying to be naturally, and we're respecting that person. Remember, they're a person, and, and you're going to want to respect their space. Um, and we don't want to distract, right? We don't want to distract from what God's doing, um, so it's all about him and what he's doing, not about some, you know, perfect words or, you know, hand motions or anything or volume. Um, but still, like in that, be willing to take risks. If you feel like God's asking you to do something, you know, I've, I've done, you know, some stuff where like I'll put my hand over someone's head because I feel like God's saying, put your hand over their head and I don't touch their hair. Some guys are even weirder about, you know, touching their hair than women are, but I just, you know, rest have my hand just kind of over the person's head and I just imagine the Lord's blessing just pouring over that person. And so, so if the Lord's asking you to do something, maybe ask the person, do you mind if I put my hand on your back? Would that be okay? And again, guys with guys, girls with girls. But at the end of that time, you know, just choose an appropriate time to be done. You know, <laughs> don't let it drag on forever. Um, and when your eyes are open, you can actually see when the person's done, you know, um, and sometimes God will say, okay, you're done. You know, let's just, you know, close the time. And, and so then that moves us into the post-prayer direction, which is the last step. And, and really what I do here is I just thank them. I thank them for letting me pray for them because it, it really is an honor that they came forward, that they shared, that they opened up about what they needed prayer for, and that I got to be the one that prayed for them. I mean, that's just an honor. And so um, encourage them if they aren't connected to a small group or, or to the church, invite them to come back next week and say, you can sit with me or, or come to my small group. We'd love to have you. Uh, care for the person beyond just that little moment of time. Think about the fact that you want them to feel loved by God. And so as a key here, you know, if there is any physical healing or any physical relief, make sure they check with their doctor before they discontinue any medication, no matter how they feel. And don't let them start, you know, trying to take off their cast or get out of their wheelchair. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't need to do that. You know, we can honor the fact that God's given us medical professionals. And, and what's cool is that sometimes it's more glory to God. Because when we go back to our medical professionals and they say, you're completely healed. Oh no, what happened? I mean, God gets more glory. So, um, and if they don't get healed, and this is a big one. If they don't get healed, make sure that they, they know that it's not because God doesn't love them or that they've done something wrong. Never blame the person for the fact that they didn't get healed or the fact they didn't have enough faith. You know, like that is, it's all about God. And, and sometimes what I'll say is, I would love to pray for you again. 
And there's been times where I've prayed three or four times for a person, and then you see incredible you know, healing in their lives. So don't give up. Keep praying, and, and if you think, well, I prayed that one time and it didn't work, so I'm not doing it again. Well, John Wimber would say, pray for a thousand people and then get back to me. <laughs> so I encourage you, keep praying. Uh, we do battle when we pray. And for ministry time today, we're just gonna, we're gonna do a clinic. We're just gonna do a quick time of praying for one another. Um, and this is just a powerful time of inviting the Lord's presence in, in, into someone's life. And I love what Naomi saying earlier today, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom. And I really believe that God wants to heal some people today. It's what I've been praying about for the last couple days. So uh, if there is anyone here in the last 10 minutes, it should take about five. So anyone here that would say, you know what, I have, I have pain in my body right now. Just raise your hand. Like, I have some kind of pain in my body right now. Okay. Now, if you would like healing today, if you would like to be healed by the Lord today, would you stand up? And we're going to gather around you, and we're going to pray for you and just bless you. So if you have pain in your body today and you would like healing, would you stand up? Now, everyone look. Do you just see these people standing up around the room? Okay, now identify one person that you would like to pray for and just go ahead and get up and surround this person and I am gonna walk you through the prayer model. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do the stuff. So go ahead and, and for those of you that are standing, could you raise your hand so that we can see you? Can you just raise your hand? And just for everyone else, just go ahead and stand up and gather around uh, each person that has their hand, keep your hand raised. We want to make sure everyone has someone to pray, pray, pray for them. And I'm going to walk you through this just step by step. Walk you through this. So introduce yourself when you see them. Say, hi, I'm so-and-so, and what's your name? That's the first thing we do. And ask them, what can I pray for? That's the first step. What can I pray for? Does everyone have someone to pray for them? Okay. What can I pray for? And we have someone over here that still needs prayer. So if someone can walk over this direction. You want to raise your hand? Keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised if you need prayer. Yeah, keep your hand raised, Jess. <laughs> yep. Okay. There's a couple people over here that still need prayer. So let's, let's just go ahead and gather around. And if you don't want to pray, that is okay. Maybe just stand near some people and, and just watch and listen. That's totally okay. And after you ask them what they need prayer for and a little bit about where the pain might be located, uh, now's the time to just invite the Holy Spirit to come. And we just say, Holy Spirit, come right now. Holy Spirit, come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Hmm. Holy Spirit, come. Hmm. And remember to keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. Look for what God's doing. If you're receiving prayer, you can just, just continue to receive. Now, as the Lord is directing you, just command the pain to be gone in the name of Jesus. Command pain to be gone in the name of Jesus. Precious name of Jesus. Mm. Holy Spirit, come. Increase your presence right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Mm. Mm. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> More Holy Spirit. Come more. I already see the Lord is just ministering to people. Increase your power here, Jesus. Increase your power. Mm. Bring healing. Now go ahead and ask him. Are you sensing anything? 
Go ahead and ask the person, are you sensing anything? It's okay if they're not. You're going to keep praying. And if they are, just, just continue to press in. Maybe ask them to move whatever it is that was, had some pain. See if there's any relief. Any relief. Is anyone experiencing any relief? Maybe raise your hand. Just let me know. Okay, we got the partial, like partial relief. Yeah, or complete. Okay, partial. Okay, it's gone. Amen. Praise Jesus more. Holy Spirit's moving more, Lord. And just keep praying. Keep praying. Just command the pain to be gone. We do. We just command the pain to be gone. Even partial pain, we command the pain to be gone in the name of Jesus. Hmm. Hmm. More, Lord. More. Hmm. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open and check in. Say, how you doing? Are you sensing anything? Hmm. If it's not 100%, that's okay. If, if there's any relief, that means the Lord's working. So keep praying. Keep praying. Any, any relief of pain? Yes? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is it complete or partial? Complete or partial? Partial. Okay. You know, there's times where I've had to pray two, three times to really see complete healing, and that's, that's good. That's good. Well, I'm going to go ahead and close this in a word of prayer. Keep praying. Keep praying. Um, Just so I can release y'all. If God's still moving, keep praying until you have to leave. (laughs) So, Lord, we thank you, God, that you visit us with your holy presence. We thank you, God. Lord, we seal any work that has been done here in the name of Jesus. We seal it right now. and We pray protection that the enemy would not try to come and steal what's been done here. We just seal it in the precious name of Jesus. Yes, thank you, Jesus, for your healing presence in our midst, that you, it is your good pleasure to give us the gifts of the kingdom, God. We just pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, keep praying if you feel led, and, and for those of you that are... Uh, um, heading out, just make sure you still sign up for what you need to in the lobby. And, and uh, God bless you. We hope to see you next week.